Hey, everybody, this is Mandy Learn with SOAR, and you are listening to The Lead In, the podcast where we explore the intersection of leadership and inclusion. This is a work that is a that is a constant work in progress. And there are days that as you grow as a leader in one area, you may show great empathy. And then in another group, you may show not as much empathy. And some of that could be driven by assumptions and biases that we bring to the table. These assumptions and biases can affect our level of empathy. Welcome to episode four of our series on inclusive leadership. If you've been listening in, you know that we are breaking down this very large topic into three sections, the head, the heart, and the hands. In today's episode, you will hear the second part of Marvin King and Alan Colley's discussion of the heart or what we need to feel when it comes to being an inclusive leader. The heart is truly the connector between the head and the hands. Now, if you missed the beginning of the heart conversation, go back and catch it in part three. Let's get started with another honest, respectful, and intentional conversation about inclusivity. Marvin, how are you? Hey, Alan, I'm great. How are you? It's great to see you. Likewise, likewise. Well, today we're continuing our discussion on the heart part of the head, heart, and hands approach to understanding inclusive leadership. And uh, I think we want to begin with a little discussion around empathy and maybe uh, include in that some of the pluses and minuses of empathy, how it's done well or could be done better uh, by all of us. And um, the role of respect, developing relationships with each other. How does that look? Yeah, I was really um, thinking about this particular episode, and it, it really ties back into what we were discussing in our last episode when we were talking about uh, empathy being cognitive and how it is um, emotional and compassionate, and how we understand how one another, how each other feels, and how we connect mentally, and just helping. Um, helping ourselves understand it from an inclusive leadership perspective, you know, how do we connect with people? How, how do we really uh, do the work to see things that, that from other, someone else's perspective, or how do we place ourselves in someone else's context to be, to begin to viscerally feel um, what someone may go through, even if we're not going through that ourselves and to expand upon that. And how do we do the work to do that. Right. And I think, uh, so I was, I was thinking about that and then thinking about, um, the flip side of that coin, what happens when it doesn't go as expected, right? What, what happens when these empathetic efforts, uh, are somewhat derailed or there are roadblocks, 
to developing that empathy and how do we respond to that as leaders? So uh, I think that would be a great, great um, springboard to hear your insights on that as we dialogue about that in our podcast. Thank you, Marvin. I think you're uh, dead on with those comments. I'd like to talk about uh, the elements of empathy. Some of the things that I've learned, one is, even though we talk about understanding and intellectualizing empathy, uh, you really never can put yourself in somebody else's shoes. So what you have to do, I think, is when they are talking to you, obviously, you're going to listen. But the key point is that you want to believe them as when you tell your story, you want to be believed. So your belief and my belief can be different, but we can respect each other's beliefs. And often empathy, I tend to associate when uh, someone's been hurt or injured, et cetera. But there's, there's another kind of empathy, I think, and that's just human empathy when you see somebody that's uh, just struggling or uh, is confused, then you can become empathetic and have a response, which often is nothing more than just being with them and saying, I'm here. Mm -hmm. And that's all you have to say. Uh, Another part of that is being aware of the fact that to be connected, we have to have empathy as a skill. Mm. And often we're so busy doing whatever we're going to do, we tend to sometimes run roughshod over people, not understanding that, hey, probably something isn't going right. I know uh, in the past, often someone would um, say they didn't get something completed or there was something. And you, you, you tend to want to just say, Hey, look, we got deadlines. We got pressures. You got to get this done rather than saying probably, which is a more empathic response is, uh, Hey, this hasn't happened. How are you doing? What's going on? Yeah. How, what would support look like for you right now? That's something that Brene right. Brown likes to say too. And I think right. I, I agree with that what the support look like so that you come across being empathetic. And I mean, you can't fake that. You either have to mean it or not. And there are some bosses that they're not going to do that. Uh, But at the other, but on the other side of the equation, it's what empathy is all about. Yeah. I like, I like, I like what you said in that Alan, in that, you know, um, this empathetic response. And one of the empathetic responses I try to use in my own style Mm. of leadership is how can I help you be successful? Mm. How can I help you accomplish this task? Which really takes the emphasis off of any emotional response to a lack of meeting a goal or a deadline and places it on the individual. It values the individual. Like it shows that I'm really concerned about someone else being at their best, whatever that best is, right? And and so I like what you said in in those responses, because it gives our listeners something uh, tangible that they can begin to focus and reflect on and say, okay, really, how can I turn my attention from just, you know, the task to the person? Exactly. And that's what connection is all about. I think in general, in life, we all have an action imperative. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, get it done, get it done, get it done. And I think we, when we have those feelings, we need to stop 
reflect mm -hmm. and then say what what what's happening here with the person mm -hmm. and uh you know businesses go to the other side of that equation you know mm -hmm. they'll say well we're going to put you on a performance improvement plan or you know a number of yeah. things that they're going to now fix it so when you're right. bound by the action imperative then you want to fix it. So I want to jump right to fixing it before I know anything about what we're trying to fix. Right. right. And uh, I think that's where we could really improve uh, retention of individuals who know, and you and I have talked about this too, Marvin, the, uh, uh, when we talk about diversity, inclusion, and equity, there's another piece of that. And that's the B piece, which is belonging. Mm -hmm. Do I belong here? I got to be sending you belonging cues. And if I'm sending you any cue that says you're not good enough, you're not the best at this or whatever, that's going to disengage you. The second is, do I feel psychologically safe? We've already talked about that. I think that's where the heart piece comes in as well, right. that you're willing to become vulnerable with somebody else uh, at the risk uh, of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And uh, the third part is, do I have a future here? That's right. You know, and I think we do a lot of surveys and try to get, you know, what do we need to do better as a company? And yet you can you can get all kinds of answers, but the the three foundational pieces for that belonging, D E I N B, mm -hmm. is hey, do I feel like I belong here? If so, what do we need? How do you change that? I think this yeah. is where we lost connection mm -hmm. with with our diverse population and uh the uh, second is psychological safety, got to have it. And there's ways to get that. I think a lot of that too will come when we move from uh, empathy to respect. Ah. Uh, and how, how do you do that? And then, the, then, then uh, you know, people uh, want to know if they have a future. They really do. And even if it's a little future, it's a future that yeah. they can at least put a stake in the ground around and say, well, okay, look, I can go this far. I may not be the CEO one day, but right, I right. belong here and I feel good here and um, want to know that I've got a, a roadmap to follow. Yeah. So, so Alan, let, let's, let's turn our attention to this idea with the heart as it relates to respect. Mm. Um, because oftentimes uh, some of our, partners and some of those persons in, 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 in corporate America, they want to be inclusive leaders. They want to check the boxes. They want to do the hard work mm -hmm. of cultivating uh, this uh, strong leadership capacity within themselves, right? And what happens when they're thinking through the framework of leadership and they are becoming, and personally, they are empathetic leaders, but the organization in which they belong in, the teams, the, you know, the, right. the, 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 these groups, right, within the company are not characteristically or culturally empathetic. Let's, let's begin to talk about that heart piece. How do I maintain my empathetic leadership, my inclusive leadership, while at the same time, sometimes the train gets off the tracks with other people? Mm -hmm. So, so let's talk about how to uh, maintain that that leadership integrity, if you will, from an empathetically as an empathetic leader, as as we deal with this idea of respect. Respect. Right. Right. Exactly. I love your term, uh, empathetic culture, culturally empathetic. Mm -hmm. Companies would respond like, "Oh my God, what what, what are we? What, that's Pandora's box you're yeah. opening there, Alan." Yeah. And it really isn't. 
It's just basically getting back to we as a group of human beings helping each other to become better human beings. That's what inclusivity means. Right. And um, I think there's some key elements in there. The first one we've talked about, but it bears probably repeating is you have to listen and you have to listen to the other person from an empathetic position, which means you can't feel exactly what they've gone through. But again, you believe what they're telling you. So that's one of the building blocks for building an empathic uh, culture. Mm -hmm. uh, affirming. How mm -hmm. often do we affirm each other? Mm, you could mm. do a scorecard on that. Uh, you know, that, somebody once said, if you took five pennies and put them in your pocket at the end of the week, each one of those pennies should find themselves to your other pocket because you've been affirming somebody. And just mm. to remind you to affirm somebody that that allows it to happen. And the other thing you, I think you need to remember is that you need to self-affirm. Mm. I can affirm everybody else, but if I don't self-affirm myself, then I'm not going to be in mental shape to be able to do the other affirmation. And even if somebody told me they made it a mandate that you have to, you know, hand out little cards or something and you were writing them, but you didn't really have that sense of self-affirmation. Yeah. How are you going to self-affirm somebody else if you don't even know what it looks like and what it feels like for yourself? Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's a, that's another important one. Um, I think serving the other person, and you and I have had lots of discussions about this because right. we kind of differentiate between self-serving, selflessly serving, yeah. and how does that work? And when you are selflessly serving, then you're helping this other individual to be able to interact in a more connected way, mm -hmm. and it's helping you yourself to connect with that other person. So it works yeah. both ways. I think the serving uh, is uh, important for the interpersonal dynamics. And it's also important for serving and not in a servile way, but in a way that is uh, uh, addressing a higher purpose. You know, yeah. What are we really here for? And if you can stay there and what we're really here for. And then once you have that in mind, then how we help each other serve that larger goal is exciting. Yeah. It like yeah. unlocks doors that have never been unlocked before. Um, probably two other elements I can think of. One would be be kind. You know, mm -hmm. um, I just think that works being kind. I'm going to, I'll admit that I'm not always as kind as I should be and would like to be. And actually the other day I had an episode where I went to, uh, uh, I went to a resort and I was getting a massage and I was supposed to be there at 1230. I showed up at one so I could only get an hour of massage. I went a little longer. So anyway, that's the, that's setting the stage. Well, I went to pay the bill and they said, well, you owe us for an hour and a half. And I said, but I only got an hour worth of, uh, massage. So that's what I want to pay for. And they said, no, we can't do that. Well, I became a little uh, cantankerous, if you will. And uh, I said, well, I don't think that's right. And blah, blah, blah. And it was just the, the person there who is the receptionist saying, hey, I, you know, basically, I'm doing what I've been told to do. And um, so I left kind of in a huff. Well, for two hours after that, I was really upset with myself for acting that way. Hmm. So I said, you know, what's an inclusive leader going to do? You made a mistake. You're going to go back. And I went right back to her and she was sitting there. And I said, look, the situation triggered me and I acted the way I did. 
And there's no right that I have to have said those things that I said to you. And I apologized to her. Tears came down her eyes. I went, wow, this stuff works. It's really good. You know, I need to man up. That's what man up is, not being the idiot I was. Man up, go back, say what's what your heart is telling you to do in Mm -hmm. this moment. And um, I also have a theory about that. I call it the stub toe theory, that if you make a mistake and you stub your toe, so to speak, you know, you make a mistake. Mm -hmm. If that goes away in an hour or so, it's probably a minor infraction. However, if that lasts longer, like three hours or four hours, in my case, two hours, it was still bugging me. I had to take, that's my physical reminder to address this issue. Don't leave it go. So I think the be kind always works. And then of course, be thankful. Show thanks for people who do whatever they do. One last thing, I call it, understand who packs your parachute. Because when you jump out of that plane and you pull your ripcord, you want that parachute to open. Well, you didn't pack that parachute. You could have, but more more than likely you didn't. Somebody else did. Who packs your parachute in life and in work? And that you need to be thankful for those people who do that for you. Yes. Because you're... You're, you're, you're together. You know, mm. you're jumping out of that plane. You want the parachute to open correctly. That's correct. So just some ideas there. Well, I think those are all great comments. Uh, I think those, all of those statements give our, our listeners perspective on how to handle um, and to operate with an empathetic response uh, in many situations. So as we talk about how to handle difficult conversations and maintain our, our empathetic response, I'd like to explore that a little bit more uh, because I know tough conversations are the norm in business and in life. And one of the things that I have found to be very helpful uh, in, in maintaining a heart that is open uh, to connection uh, is to make sure that regardless of how difficult that conversation is, it's about the person, not the subject. How does that person feel even in the midst of a tough conversation? And, be, and, and to think about what that response is going to be. Um, even, if it, even if a person is not necessarily pleased with an outcome or pleased with how the, the subject matter of the conversation, I literally try to focus on have I done or am I doing everything possible for the best possible personal outcome to leave that person with their dignity, not to step on their value, not to step on their beliefs, not to step on their identity or their own core values. And to think about that places me in this posture of listening while I'm talking to be able to listen to those nonverbal cues, to make sure that if we have to pivot, that if the subject is tough, I still want to leave that person with the, with their dignity and how, and it really shows, it really helps me to stay focused on this idea of self of respecting others that at the, at the, at the foundational levels of these conversations, I want to respect the other person, whether it's their beliefs their values, their ideas, because, you know, in business world, we all have different ideas, strategies of how to get things done. And I want to make sure that I am really listening and respecting, even if I don't agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, 
my business partner and significant other, my wife and I have had to work through these difficult conversations over time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the essence is that we've learned to be able to say um, to each other, I want to have this conversation, but now is not the right time for me to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Can we put that off till tomorrow or whenever? And we've gotten better at knowing our own personal responses to, I'll call them hot button issues, and to be able to walk into those conversations where we're fully engaged, we want to be in that conversation, and we have ways to tap out, so to speak, temporarily when, for example, I'll say sometimes, is this conversation working for you? It's not working for me. Mm. but I want to talk about it. So mm. I think you have to have that kind of uh, respect for the other individual as well, because I don't want to drive the the outcome. Mm -hmm. Collectively, we want to come to an outcome that we both can live with. That's right. It's, it's about, it's about having a, a, a mutual outcome that is beneficial to both people. Exactly. And I think, you know, if there's one thing I'd want our listeners to know is that this is this is not an overnight process to, to develop uh, into an inclusive leader that has an empathetic bent. Right. Um, like this is this is a work that is a that is a constant work in progress. And there are days that as you grow as a leader in one area, you may show great empathy uh, to a group of people. And then in another group, you may show not as much empathy. Um, and some of that could be driven by assumptions and biases that we bring to the table. Um, but our these assumptions and biases can affect our level of empathy. And Absolutely. it is a matter of learning, being a learning leader, uh, not to learn necessarily academically, but learn emotionally, becoming aware of how people respond and listening and understanding their experiences. As we talked about in our last session, uh, and, and used Brene Brown as, as our backdrop, um, looking at these stories, these narratives, uh, to help it to see into the souls of the people, because people's stories, you know, reveal areas of their souls, right. uh, what they care about, uh, what their what their past experiences, hurts and pains have been. And so it's important for us to really understand that and that this is an ongoing process where we're constantly learning, constantly evolving. And uh, I, I can't say that there's a, 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 a level that we get to where we are experts at it. We're just constantly learning and growing through it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I think the uh, the one thing that I think about most in the relationship building piece of being an inclusive leader is uh, how do I want this person? What do I want them to know? What do I want them to feel? And what do I want them to do? And the, my answers to those would be different than your answers to those. And it's how we manage through, mm -hmm. which is tough work to get to that joint outcome we both agree to. That's, yeah. that's, that's the meat of it. Yeah. And uh, I think that applies to almost anything that you do, you know, yeah. there's those elements to it. Yeah. One of the things I do with, with um, 
those persons whom I work with and business partners, as well as my team, Mm -hmm. is I share my a a portion of my story in each meeting, in each conversation. I I put my own values on the table. Mm -hmm. I exemplify vulnerability um, in an effort for them to exercise some sense of vulnerability. So I uh, one of the things that, that people will constantly hear me say is no matter how tough the situation, no matter how big the problem, no matter how great the task, we can get through anything if we commit to staying together. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is, can we, uh, can we adjust our mindsets that when we leave the table of discussion or leave the task or project, that we've all committed to doing what's in the best interest of the whole, not, not for the individual. And to get that buy-in as we are collectively working together and collaborating, I think is important. And, and it allows us to really be able to hear each other and to keep those things at the forefront so that we can maintain these personal relationships or business relationships through the process of, of the hard work. Well said. And there's a lot in that, that people have to unpack mm-hmm. and to understand that if there is going to be psychological safety, these are the kinds of things that you have to do to work through. And uh, they're not easy, but at least they're always on the table. Mm-hmm. And to your point about you can get through anything as long as we stick together. Well, the stickiness of sticking together comes from an inclusive leader's ability to make that environment happen. That's right. And I think that's uh, that's a huge takeaway when we talk about empathy, when we talk about respect. And we talk about belonging. Yeah, I mean it's 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 the new age, uh, and I don't mean that uh, uh, negatively at all. It's just a new new way to lead in the 21st century, and mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. Again, back to we're human beings trying to help each other become better human beings. What right. does that look like? That's where yeah. we need to go. Yeah, that's how we need to lead and be inclusive in the future. If I could add probably two point, two quick points in closing, um, I would, I would encourage us, uh, our listeners, as well as ourselves to, as we are seeking to, to, to be more empathetic in our leadership. Um, I would um, ask the, the question as we are talking with our constituents, our partners, um, to ask ourselves um, the question that if we love this person, how would we treat them? Mm-hmm. Right. And let that guide, you know, if we did, if we, if, if there was some mm-hmm. level of love that we had, um, how would we treat them? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then going back to your point about treating people kindly. Um, but I would also um, suggest that as we become more inclusive leaders, that we would do our very best to recognize our own biases, uh, our own assumptions, and to seek to understand um, others' perspective and seek not to interrupt and to allow the activity of listening to take place Mm -hmm. that we may learn. Mm -hmm. By the way, one other footnote I'll I'll put out there is uh, there's something called the meta bias, you know, the Uber of all biases. And that the definition of this meta bias is, you know, if only those other persons weren't as biased as they are, because 
I'm not biased. So they have a lot of work to do to get unbiased. And that's the meta bias, because you think you're not as biased as everybody else is. Wow. So just reflect on that for a while. And you'll say, hmm, you know, the, the, the saying is, if you have a brain, you're biased. That's true. We are. And you need other people to reflect back to you what they're hearing and seeing so that you can use that feedback to get stronger, to get better, to close some gaps that you don't even see. Well so, said. A lot of work. Well but, but we got to do it. Gotta That's right. Thanks for riding along for part four of this inclusive leadership head, heart, and hand series. We really hope you'll continue to think about these topics and maybe even have a conversation with someone else about it. To get access to the links mentioned in the podcast, check out the show notes for this episode. You can also connect with us on Instagram at SoarLead. So tune in next time as we continue the conversation on the hands and what we need to do as we grow as inclusive leaders. Did you like our conversation today? I really hope so. And we want you to be part of the movement. So subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. We really appreciate your feedback and support. Thanks for tuning in. Join us next time for another The Lead In Podcast Conversation. Conversation.